From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am your host with the most on anxiety recovery, Brad Robinson, coming at you with podcast number 25. Now, the mere fact that you've chosen to listen today to this podcast shows that you want change, you want to better yourself, you want to improve the quality of your life. And definitely, like each podcast, you should be taking notes and listening to it a few times over and over again to get comfortable with the information. Because remember, we're not born with an instruction manual of our bodies, right? We don't know what's going on until everything gets chaotic and worse. And then we need to get professional help, right? Today's podcast is all about agoraphobia. Now, this one is a very serious topic and one that I faced back in the day when I was going through anxiety. And agoraphobia is when you are afraid to be out in public, right? To, to be out of your comfort zone because you're afraid of your own mortality. Agoraphobics, they get increasingly isolated and afraid of things outside of their domain of familiarity, all right? And, you know, agoraphobics are afraid of two things, their health and social judgment. This is really important. Their health So the state of their heart, most of the time, it's the state of their heart. And it's just their mortality, dying. And then they end up going to the emergency room, getting checked up constantly. And they are afraid that, you know, there's something wrong health-wise. I must have something wrong in order to feel this way. And then there's social judgment, you know, making a fool out of yourself in public, afraid of what other people think. And even that social judgment leads to mortality and death. Because if you're not socially accepted by nature, then There is absolute chaos and death when not being accepted, when faced with humiliation. So you're coming to, you're coming face to face with your own mortality. And then this can lead to a panic attack. This can lead to a panic attack. So agoraphobics, they are very dependent. They, 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 they were very dependent in their previous life. So say the death of somebody close 
or a separation in a relationship or an overprotective family member or family being having lots of security and not being independent you know this is really important because you know there's a stage in our lives when we become very dependent on people and then we have to move from that stage into being more independent right and and agoraphobics most of the time if not all of the time they come from these three things a, pre, a previous life of you know having lost somebody close or being separated in a, in a relationship or being in a family that's overprotective and you're not independent you're very dependent on these people and then when they're not around or when you don't have access to them then all of a sudden what happens when you don't have access to these people you become very afraid you become isolated right and you might have come from a family where you know they were concerned over their well-being you might have not even have known this but you know maybe when you're a child your mom or your dad was they were concerned over the state of their heart or the the state of their health right and and you absorbed all of that information when you were a kid cuz when you're a kid your mind is a sponge right your mind is a sponge you're absorbing all of this information coming from your your role models your parents and the outside world and you're absorbing it and then when you become in when you become more independent later on in life and you're clinging to that dependency then all of a sudden the health anxiety will come about and you're not very independent are you no not at all you're very dependent and a lot of the time people cling on to that dependency by phoning a loved one up for reassurance when having a panic attack am i going to be okay what is happening to me you know am i dying i need to go to the hospital so and and this leads to being comfortable in your house being comfortable in around family members because just that comfort it's it's so heavenly for a agoraphobic agoraphobic right it's so heavenly so an agoraphobic you know they always say you know what if i can't get to the hospital so they they're always seeking out authority so being in in that concert or being in that um I don't know whatever it is, you know, in that classroom, you're at school and or going away on a trip somewhere and and you're you're being you you you're you're moving far away from, you know, those loved ones, you know, for reassurance, you're you're going on a trip, a business trip, say. Anything, right? You could even just be going to the shopping mall, the grocery store, and it's just being away from that comfort zone 
And once you have that panic attack in that grocery store or wherever you are, you better not run away. Because once you run away, you're strengthening a pathway in your brain that's telling you that this place is absolutely fearful and that it's dangerous, absolutely dangerous. So what happens if you run away and you you visit the exact same place again? You're going to feel all the same sensations because your brain is like, dude, you should not be here because remember last time you had a panic attack This place is absolutely dangerous and the same sensations will come and people will avoid those places. And then what happens when you avoid the shopping mall? You go to the grocery store a week later and then all of a sudden you have a panic attack because you're worried about the state of your heart. Then what happens? You run away from the grocery store and then what happens? Now you can't go to the grocery store because you have a fear of that environment. And it's not just that specific grocery store those sensations will arise at a different chain of grocery stores because the environment is similar. You know, the carrots, the the fruit, the boxes of cereal, the cashiers, everything in that environment your subconscious is absorbing, right? So your subconscious is absorbing all of that information and you run away, your subconscious thinks that's fearful, that's a scary place, that's a death. That place is death. Do not go there. So that's what happens when you run away. So it's really important to tell people that do not run away from your environment because you're just going to strengthen a, a pathway saying that place is death. If you stay in the environment, do breathing techniques, and I promise you, you'll survive that environment. You survive it. You look at the environment differently. You start using rational thoughts like, I like this color of the walls. You know, all of this fruit or all of these clothes, you know, they look nice. They have a lot of nice colors. And you start to kind of use rational thoughts like, this isn't dangerous. If I, And then you start using thoughts like, you know, if it kills me, let it kill me. And, and this is really important when feeling those sensations in those types of environments and and not running away because you know agoraphobics they won't want to go back to those environments if they run away if if they're really afraid and they call up their loved ones and they get the heck out of there and go back home it's really really challenging right so you're in a crowd you know and you are detecting your heart beating, right? So an agoraphobic will detect that their heart is beating and then they will link the heartbeat with their, you know, poor diet maybe or a death of a loved one dying from a similar thing or somebody they know dying of a similar thing. And then the heart beats even faster because they're so internal. They're, They're noticing the heartbeat. They are they are they're concerned over it health wise and it then it beats even faster because they keep getting concerned over the the state of their heart and then you tell yourself that you're not well and you're having a heart attack 
and then you have a panic attack. All right, that's usually how it goes. And it's the internal dialogue that a lot of people don't even don't even realize what they're saying to themselves. And it's amazing because that that happened to me when I used to suffer from anxiety. I didn't realize the internal dialogue. Oh my god, I think I'm dying. That's what I would say. I think I'm dying. Oh my god, I, my heart is not well. You know, there's something seriously wrong with it. I got to Google it, right? And 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 that leads to the panic attack. And it's important once you get, you know, if you get if if you get that far down the line, to not run away from the environment. It's crucial because you will survive. Panic attack does not kill anybody. Okay. But to that person, they think they're having a stroke, heart attack, you know, there's something wrong with their health, right? And it's not easy, right? But it takes it takes time to to build up that tolerance to those sensations, right? It, it takes time to use rational thoughts in those environments and it takes time to to be more tough. The nervous system is calculating all the time how fearful you should be in that environment. So your nervous system is always calculating how should I feel in this environment? And that's a really important, that's a really important thing to understand. To get overcome anxiety, there are two things for overcoming agoraphobia. Desensitization, confronting that fear, so to speak. And then there's the breathing patterns, Right? So, dealing with agoraphobia, like I said before, to not run away from the environment. So, through systematic desensitization, if you are afraid of the grocery store, if you're afraid, you had a panic attack there, you ran away that one time, and just just entering that parking lot, man... Oh my God, you can't even, you you feel it. You feel the sensations. Believe me, this happened to me when I had a huge panic attack in the city of Toronto and I was at the art gallery and I had a panic attack. I ran out of that place so fast. And the next time I went back to that art gallery, guess what happened? On the sub On the subway there, I started to have a panic attack. Just knowing that I'm going to enter that exact same place, that fearful environment. My nervous system was like, what are you doing? That place is dangerous. Do not go back there. So this is what I mean by systematic desensitization where you entered the parking lot and you you set a goal for yourself by Entering the parking lot, but not going into the grocery store, just looking at it from the car window. Just sit there in the car, looking at the grocery store. Imagining yourself going into the grocery store. If that makes you fearful, just sit there in the parking lot. And it takes increment amount of times to 
build up your tolerance. It's all about getting bored of the environment you're fearful of. That's it. You're training yourself to be bored of it. So if it takes you a while to get get up to the courage, get the courage to go into that grocery store, that's fine. But you need to consistently build up the tolerance by, you know, sitting in the car or looking at a picture of a grocery store, you know, and then imagining yourself walking in the grocery store confident with your arms back and your shoulder up and and a glowing yellow golden light around you emanating from you. And then the next time you you go 5 feet in front of the actual grocery store, you walk 5 feet in front of it. And then the next time you step into the grocery store for 1 minute, and then the next time you go into the grocery store for five minutes. And then the next time after that, you go in for 10 minutes. And you build up your tolerance to the point where you get so bored of that grocery store, you're in the grocery store shopping for like an hour and a half. You know, that's systematic desensitization. It takes little bits of effort, little little bit, little bits at a time to build up to the boredom that you should feel, the confidence that you should feel when entering that environment. And then the second thing is to have a breathing pattern. When you start to feel those sensations come about, a two by two by four breathing pattern is a very good breathing pattern where you breathe in your nostrils for two seconds, you hold it for two seconds, and then you exhale for four seconds, right? And just having this breathing pattern is very crucial because it's going to help regulate your system. It's very, very overwhelming when you experience a panic attack or those sensations in that environment. It's very, it's terrible. It's absolutely horrifying. But having a, a, a breathing pattern to regulate your nervous system, to get air into your body, and then using rational thought to examine the environment and say, this isn't so bad at all. Or, you know, if if this kills me, let it kill me. Or you say, I went to the doctors, I got checked already, I'm healthy. I'm going to embrace this heartbeat. My heart is working fine. The harder it beats, the healthier I am. Now that is being a champion, right? That's being a champion. So remember that it's systematic desensitization. You know, give it time. You know, work up to the 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 long length of time that you want to spend in that environment, but by starting out with increment steps, sitting in the parking lot, looking at a picture of the the environment and then so forth, gradual exposure Gradual exposure is the key to overcoming agoraphobia, right? Don't just throw yourself into the environment and and expect to get over it, right? Well, in some cases that happens when people just had enough of it. They go into the environment and then they stay there for hours and then and then they 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 fight through the the horrific feelings and come out, you know realizing that it's not so bad but it takes time for most people to build up 
to the confidence of stepping in to the environment. And I just wanted to make a one last point before I head off. There's a there's a, there's a thing called social referencing. And when something goes wrong in your environment, when something happens and you look around at the reaction of the other people, that's social referencing. When you look around at the other people to figure out what your reaction should be. How should you react in comparison to the people around you? How upset should I be? And this is important. The reason I bring social referencing up is, you know, during your childhood, you might have had a family member going through um, anxiety or dealing with a health issue or thinking they had a health issue. And you, you like a sponge, absorbed that information. You looked at them and, and, and you coming to them with, say, a health issue of your own. Say you came to your parents with a health issue that you're worried about, and you and you look at their face and and you want to you're you're examining their 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 expressions and and their reactions because you want to know how you should react to that said illness or whatever you have or whatever you think you have. And social referencing is important to understand because that's what happens when we're a kid. You know, we always looked up to the people around us in our environments to see how we should react to it, how we should react to the given situation, right? And this this is important because when you have agoraphobia later in your life, you you take the reactions you 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 take the beliefs the limiting beliefs and 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 all of those past experiences into that moment into the the anxiety and the agoraphobia and you are actually playing out records not only from your past life but even from your role models parents, people who you grew up with, negative people that had limiting beliefs of their own. And you are starting to react similar to them, to what they've reacted to. And that's really important to understand. And thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I really appreciate the comments on YouTube Keep them coming. I want to hear what you guys are going through. I want to hear about the breakthroughs. And I I want to hear what other topics you guys want me to cover. And please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate it. Head on over to unpluganxiety.com. I provide one-on-one coaching via Skype. I'm an NLP practitioner. I'm a cognitive behavioralist and we can end anxiety together. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. 
Do not let anxiety define who you are. Have a great day. Bye-bye. For more podcast episodes, for more video content, and one-on-one coaching with me via Skype, visit www.unpluganxiety.com for everything you need to know about ending anxiety naturally. I love you all. Have a great day. Bye-bye.